this week, three sides of the coin. It's just us, no guests, but we have a cool chat about bootlegs, the good and the bad and what they really are. And we go down a little bit of a rush rabbit hole about how rush plays to backing tracks. It all pertains back to the hottest band in the world. Our costume crusaders are front and center in today's discussion. So you don't want to miss it. It's all kiss. It's all kiss. This is Three Sides of the Coin. Talking all things kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Are you looking for official Three Sides of the Coin merchandise? T-shirts, hoodies, and more? Visit shop3sidesofthecoin.com. We ship worldwide. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. Every month, more than 50,000 musicians, industry professionals, and rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and KISS fans from around the world Listen and engage with the Three Sides of the Coin podcast. If you have a new release or a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael to discuss sponsorship opportunities. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. We've got three sides with us today. Myself, Michael, Tommy, and Mark, I don't know where Lisa is. She didn't check in with us this week. It's the unshowered, uh, rough-looking Mark today. So uh, I haven't. <laughs> I've, I've been so in and out of client calls today and dropping Thule off for um, a gymnastics class. It. I don't remember this as a kid growing up, but this week, there's no school this week because what? it's for the called. Whole week? The whole week, it's it's basically, and it's not spring break because spring no. break comes in April. Yeah. Well, because it's still winter. It's still not winter for another so, so, month. So, yeah. So this is they call this ski week. Huh? Is this like I, an NBA just, thing? I, I don't know what why this is. Anyway, she's got no school all week, so she's in a gymnastics class, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I haven't showered at all today either. It's just like, okay, I'm getting up, dropping her off at gymnastics class, stopping to get, uh, fix my car on the way back, go to target client calls between all of that. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody out there who knows why there's a, why schools get a week off. Maybe this is unique to California. I don't know, but it's called ski week. Well, well usually we you just guys kept, in Minnesota, we... did you guys have hunting week on? No, we didn't have that, but we'd have like, you know, President's Day was yesterday, so we'd have President's Day off. Day off? Not a not, whole freaking week. The whole, not the whole freaking week. Wow. I don't know. I you don't know. Rock. I mean, listen, you know, if it gives the teachers a, a break and a recharge, I'm all for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, growing up as a kid, I remembered you'd get basically two weeks off for Christmas, New Year's. Mm-hmm. And then you'd get uh, President's Day off. And there might be somewhere in there we had, remember, like there was MEA teachers. Con- That's usually fall in October. Like, the, uh, but it's two days. Yeah. It's like a Thursday. Two days. Or Friday. Two days. And then and there's then spring, and then spring break. And there's a yeah. spring break. Yeah. Our, our spring break, it was funny because even, I mean, I went to I went to public school through eighth grade. We even back then, because everything's changed name-wide. We used to call that Easter you know, it was it was always yeah, a, Easter break. Yeah, Easter Easter. Holiday. And then, but you know, being that my kids 
went to Catholic school, it was still called Easter. And uh, matter of fact, uh, we're going to be down in uh, in Florida for Easter this year again. And because my son teaches at a Catholic school and, you know, he's going to have the week off. But yeah, we had Christmas. I do remember the long weekend for, for President's Day. I do remember that. And then uh, Easter and then, you know, then you're just counting days down to the end of May, beginning of June or whenever you were. I, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> all that stuff's crazy but thinking talking about days and stuff coming up you know as we all know the kiss tour was uh was rescheduled <laughs> for for august for our for australia yeah for australia um i saw i saw i don't know if it was tommy or kiss one of the two made a post um South America, uh, they're they're eager to hit South America. Yeah, and that starts what April twenty. Yeah, so maybe knock on wood, our our friends and fans in South America and Europe are going to get their shows. One thing that I didn't look into, and this might be the case with Europe, are a lot of Kisses shows in Europe outdoors. I, I don't know, uh, but I think, a lot they, I think it's a mix because because I know with Aerosmith who canceled their, or pushed back their U.S. their European tour and Wasp who just did it, they were all indoor shows, which there's a lot different restrictions on indoor shows than outdoor festival shows. Yeah, makes um, sense. So maybe that's why things aren't getting push back for Europe because it's a whole bunch of outdoor festival shows. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe South America, same way. I don't know. Do, is, did, did Aerosmith go to 2023? I can't remember what they pushed it back to, but they did. I can't see them physically. I could be wrong. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but the same with kiss. I mean, how long can I they keep doing it? Yeah, I mean, at some point, um, you know, reality is going to, and I don't mean that in a bad or mean way. I mean, these are the bands that I love, although, let's be honest, um, we just got a concert announcement here in the Rock and Motor City, the Who's coming back. Yeah, those guys got are, a those, tour. Those guys are even older than the guys in Kiss, and, and older than the guys in Aerosmith by a few years, and uh they're coming. So, and they're going to do real well selling tickets. I would imagine. Them. Yeah. Yeah. That's bon, bon, Jovi, bon Jovi's got a U.S. tour. Yeah. But let's, yeah, let's look at the here. guys. Let's look at the guys who are in that age bracket. I yes, mean, Alice is still doing it. Yeah. Alice is still doing it. I, I still don't know why. Well, I do know why, because just reading the trade, not the trades, but rock magazines in general, I know that Jimmy Page wants to do something. And I don't know if you saw, I mean, it's not a tour or anything. Did you see that world music thing that uh, John Paul Jones is a part of for the, mm -hmm. they just read, it's new. I think it just came out in the last week. It's a bunch of world musicians doing when the levee breaks. Um, very cool. cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's not a concert or anything, but that kind of stuff tells me those guys still want to do something. You know what I mean? I, th um, I think I think this is the issue. Men mentally, all these musicians want to do it. Their brains are 25 years old. You know, they you know, they can still play. 
it's it's your knees and your hips and your shoulders and your back that are like, uh-uh, wait a second. I, I'm not a 25-year-old back anymore. I'm a 70-year-old back. <laughs> That's just what we were talking about before we hit play. <laughs> Record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, too, let's face it, it's got to be considerably easier for the Rolling Stones or, um, you know, Aerosmith than it is Kiss because they don't have to deal with the costuming and That's all true. the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely right. I mean, uh, the especially something like breathing fire every night. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got it not only physically, that's mentally too. I mean, you're gonna get hurt. Well, and if you're in the states, there's a bunch of Ace Frehley shows coming up here this spring too. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. And he'll be uh, Flip will be opening for a couple of them out on the East Coast. So lots of rock and roll to look forward to. And Buck Cherry's out. And, God, oh, Blackville. Bride I mean, let's 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 just keep our fingers crossed that everything mm-hmm. continues to happen for the the Kiss shows coming up. And if they do happen, keep your fingers crossed that nothing happens while they're out there. Good nobody point. gets nobody gets COVID while they're out. And it's a week right. later, and I still haven't uh, haven't heard anything regarding the Kiss cruise any different from what, how where we left it last so, time. So so. I'll bring this up. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but you know, the Monsters of Rock cruise just finished about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. everybody getting on that cruise had to have a negative test to get on. And I kid you not, there's a swarm of people getting off the cruise who are immediately testing positive. Bands, crew members, fans, you know, and, and not serious because they've pretty much seem to all have been vaccinated and boosted and they're just like, yeah, "Eh, it's just a cold. It's just a flu. But we, you know, we got on the boat without it. We got off the boat. We had it. And it wasn't just one case. It seems like dozens of cases might've happened. Well, think about how many people get off the boat at the different ports. Well, that's what somebody said. You know, they made a good point. It's like broke the bubble. that, That that's it. Everybody getting on the ship was fine. But the second you pull into the first port, and everybody gets off and you go into town and you get back on again, it's over again. And you're going to definitely want to stop and get off the boat at those ports because the last thing you want to do is run into Izzy in the hallway wearing his mankini. <laughs> God. <laughs> He's a, I don't know about or Izzy. Hey, speaking of Kiss touring, um, earlier this week, I got a hold of, Man, I mean, everything was yesterday. I was just farting around on YouTube during my lunch break, eating my nut and honey, and uh, and I and I was what? going on. That's a little was, little. Was, was Liz to, smiling? No, that was a little homage to Wayne's World when he used oh. to say that, sitting in his okay. breakfast nook, eating his nut and honey. By the way, I I loved uh, you no know, because this is after the Super Bowl now. Anything Mike Myers makes me laugh. Uh, that uh, Super Bowl commercial when he was Doctor Evil. Yeah. Did you guys? <laughs> I, I will tell you, I could watch Austin Powers every fucking day. That that sense of humor is right up my fucking alley. It is just so funny. The whole Doctor Evil and Scotty, all that's it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I could watch that all day long, and it never get boring. That that is such stupid funny. And you know where is that kind of humor? You know, it's just. You know, you guys are, are, you know, we're all the same age here, meaning the, you know, the hosts are pretty close. And, you know, where are the Kentucky Fried movies? We're all, we're, 
where are this stupid, just mind-numbingly dumb, funny stuff? I mean, where's just, Porky's? Well, you know what though. To be fair, Liz and I went and saw Jackass, uh, the new Jackass. Michael Hunt. Has anyone seen yes, Michael Hunt? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know what? It's, it's funny because that that line. I'm going to plug a book here right now. I'm I'm reading the Cassandra Peterson bio. Uh, mm-hmm. You would all know her by Elvira, Elvira. Mr. Elvira. Yeah, help me while that book. That book, and I'm only halfway through. Matter of fact, I just got to the pictures. You know, the pictures always in the middle. It's funny too. I don't know if you guys do this. If you ever reading a book and it's got a picture section, I never look at the pictures until I get there. Oh, that's the first mm-hmm. thing I go to. Yeah, no, no, because no, it ruins it for me. I I, I want to have my mental picture. And then, and let me tell you, there's some great pictures in there. <laughs> She's a beautiful mm-hmm. woman. But I've always, I've always admired her. I, uh, growing up here in Detroit, we had the ghoul and I, I, you know, I loved all those TV horror hosts and everything. Um, but anyways, that book, if you get a chance, I think it's just called Yours Cruelly. Um, matter of fact, I just started reading it uh, over the weekend uh, because I got, I'm a, for those of you who don't know, I'm a crazy reader. I mean, right, I usually, I have a book upstairs and a book downstairs. I'm always reading. Yeah, I always got at least two going. Um, but anyways, I just took that one off my shelf, started reading it. Um, I don't know. I got a whole bunch in the bullpen there too. But the reason I, I, I kind of bring it up here is she had a lot of, she was a really into rock and roll. And if you guys like uh, celebrity rock and roll sort of dirt, but interesting sort of thing. And again, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm up to like 1975, 76 right now mm-hmm. in her life. And boy, just the bands that she followed, um, she was in bed with Jimmy Page. <laughs> uh, it was a crazy, crazy story there. But um, it just, it's just nice that, you know, going back, you just don't have that sort of people following the bands and just, I don't know, it was such a glorious time, you know, when we, we grew up following Kiss and all these other rock and roll bands, man. There's just not the, I don't know, you just don't see it as much anymore. Because there's um, more competition for There's more things attention. to do. Yeah. That's, that's it's, oh, you know, if you, I think if you boiled all this down too and it gets back to i don't know if we touched on it last last week and against by the way (laughs) this whole segue was supposed to go into the rush thing which i'll get to in a second but while we're riffing on this the fact that older music is taking up more streams than younger younger people's music really says something when when some of us boomers just go our music was better well the numbers kind of imply that it is because the younger generation is kind of going back into the boomer music. If you want to go that, and, and to be fair, they're not going back into the forties and the fifties, which I love that music. I'm a big fan of a big, you know, big band swing music. I love that stuff. Um, which I went, you know, I've always been a fan of, but these kids growing up today, are going in, are getting into Queen and Led Zeppelin and the police. And that's the stuff, the Rolling Stones, that's the Beatles, especially too. That's the stuff they're going for. There's something to be said there because some people would go, oh yeah, well, you know, that music's older had more of a chance to, to build up an audience and that's why they're going for it. That would be kind of a fair observation, but it wouldn't be accurate because like I said, then why aren't they going back to, you know, Benny Goodman? Which is well, I think I think I haven't read that article, but I saw what, what, yeah, I thought it, was what great. it was. I, I wonder if some of it has to do with 
the demographics, meaning that, and, and think about it this way. Well, like when we were growing up as kids in the 80s, we weren't hearing Ozzy Osbourne played at sporting stadiums. No. Now you do. Now you hear Ozzy and Guns N' Roses because we are now the market that is being sought after. We, we have the money, we have the credit cards, we have the free will to spend. Back when we were kids, the music was geared towards our parents. It was older music that if, if, if I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but because we've gotten older, our music came along with us and now our music is being used in ads and commercials and TV games. shows and games and movie soundtracks because it's the music that hooks us and gets us to spend money. But you know what? I'm, I, I'm not I, talk, go ahead, John. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I call bullshit on one piece of that because I think it's, it's not fair to say that the older music is better because there's still plenty of really good new music out there but you have to look for it. It's just not as, it's more accessible now than it ever has been, but less accessible because no one's turning you on to it. But like you even Mark said, what, several months ago, and I agree that latest Buck Cherry record is one of the best albums they've ever made. And I would say it's one of the best rock records in a very long time, but yet it's sold what 17,000 copies. So I think that some of it's our fault or our generation's responsibility to not only just go download Living on a Prayer or listen to it on our Spotify music, but to actually look at Spotify like Mike does. Because I'd say, Mike, you have a bigger appreciation for music than than Mark or I. Because Mark, you do. You have a, a broad appreciation, but it's a broad niche appreciation. You like certain types of things. Michael, you're much more, I think, open-minded than most people I know. But a lot of people aren't like that. They're more like me, who is really locked into certain things, or Mark that's really locked into certain things. And you don't want... You, there's still a lot of great stuff out there, and I hate to see that that's being discounted. I think what the guy was trying to say is that, yeah, the Bon Jovi and the Beatles and whoever Motley Crue holds up way better than the pop crap and the rap, the rap hip hop stuff that's out. Cause there's it'll, nothing it, to sing along to. It'll be interesting to see how that holds up in 2025 20, years. Yeah. When, when we've moved out of being the demographic that, that advertisers want to reach and the kids of today become that replace us and they become that primary demographic. Do you start seeing Black Veil Brides, Buck Cherry, some of their music coming in and, you know, all of a sudden you're yeah. at a hockey game and it's no longer Ozzy Osbourne, but it's a Buck Cherry track. It's yeah. a Black Veil Brides track. It's I, I a don't, Blackberry I don't so. Smoke track. I don't think so because I don't think it's making the impact that we will rock you did or crazy train. Um, it just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see, but, but also keep in mind the people who are in control of selecting that music are fans of that music. But Michael, when my, my son's going to be 30 this year, when he's 60. Okay. This is what the article kind of teases at. My son has more of an affinity, not just because he's my kid, but even on his own, while he does 
like um, uh, some of the newer metal metal bands, you know, uh, Bullet for My Valentine and stuff like that. Uh, I still think that because they are that demographic that that article is talking about, they'd still rather hear Crazy Train than, you know what I mean? Just because it's so familiar and it's so ingrained in them. That's basically what that what that article says is are the kids, you know, 15 year olds are listening to Pink Floyd over. We should share no, this article. Wrong, what's that? We should share this article on our page. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And again, you know, I love just talking about music and speaking of music. Let me get back because we sidetracked and a lot of it was my fault. Well, can I throw one other thing in before you we sure go to the Rush deal? Mm-hmm. But the biggest takeaway for me in that article was how he was talking about that the author works in businesses where he comes in to try to help businesses. And he was using this example with the record labels or the music industry that he knows that that company is in trouble when they spend more time and revenue protecting the old ways of doing business rather than forward thinking to new possibilities. So I'd say that that's very indicative of what happened to the, the labels as well. So some of it's their own fault. I'd say all of it is their own fault. It kind of goes back to what, have you ever seen the little, it's only like a little 30 second thing that Frank Zappa talks about where he said, you know, before they had A&R guys, they just had the, the, the hippie who went and got the coffee, went into the guys chomping the cigars. And of course, he's way over generalizing it. But I mean, the, the, the threat of it's true. Or yeah. the, the, the hippie guy would go, hey, this guy, whatever, you know, he's like, I just sign him. We'll see if he sells any copies. You know, next thing you know. Well, it, it's when the music industry became the music business. Yes. You know, basically it was the 70s where all of a sudden they realized there's a shit ton of money to be made off of music and not just selling a vinyl LP, but touring and T-shirts. And, you know, our band Kiss, right in the heart of it all, they showed there's a there was hundreds of millions to be made in the 70s. And all of a sudden the labels were like, "Okay, we need an expert to sign music. How, do, how are you an expert? I mean, everybody could basically be an A&R person, just like everybody could be a critic. It's all, you're trying to guess. And nobody can claim to be that expert because I always come back to it, It's like anybody who says they're an expert, they would be rich beyond anybody's wildest dreams because every record label would be paying that person to give them the next surefire guaranteed hit. And that's mm-hmm. impossible to do. It's like picking a stock. Yep. It's right place, right time, <clears throat> right goosebumps on your arms is what it comes down to. You know, Michael, what you just said is exactly what I was trying to convey with uh, with the Elvira books. It starts off with her chasing the Yardbirds and bands like that and Eric Bird and the Animals. They were just staying at the Holiday Inn. There was nothing there. You know what I mean? But she loved music so much. And that's what she's like. Oh, my God. There was no backstage. There was none. You know what I mean? You had to go to the hotel to find them. And a lot yeah. of those acts only played three or four songs in a, you know, they, there would be 20 bands on, you on know, a bus tour. Of stars. Yeah. Correct. It's very much like the movie. But anyways, right now, like I said, I'm in the mid 70s in her life. And now she has ins 
and she's going to lavish parties with Queen and lavish parties with, uh, um, matter of fact, El she's got a picture of him there with Elton John in the early or mid 70s. You know, what I mean, I'll, but it was funny because what you just said was these bands, you know, would tour, they'd have big songs on the radio, but they were just staying at Holiday Inns. There was no huge really productions. There correct. was no, exactly. But now that's how she's getting into the Elton John and the Queen shows. It's like now the record companies are throwing these elaborate parties and you got invited by this person and this person's the head of A&R. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's fun watching her as a fan. I mean, you know, look at what our recent guest, Larry Mazur. Remember when he talked about the album release party for Cinderella? Exactly. Now, 40 years earlier than that, a label would have never done anything like that. Never. They might have taken the band out to dinner to celebrate their album release, and they would have sent a few albums to a few people. And charged now, the band for it. Now, Yeah, now yeah. it's, you know, the Cinderella has to spend a million dollars on that tour production, and they spend all this money to fly everybody from around the world to New Orleans. I mean, that's big business. They know if we invest a couple million dollars now, we could make $200 million on the back end. So Michael, the anniversary of the debut Kiss album party was just last week. And what did Kiss do? Now, this is 1974. They threw an elaborate party and Neil Bogart had the the club they were in kind of designed like the cafe from Casa Movie Casablanca. And they had people dressed in camels and people, you know, just crazy outlandish stuff. Matter of fact, I wish I would have known we were going to talk about it because it's in the the room over there. There was a blurb in Cream Magazine about this big, about that um, very party. And it was funny, Kiss barely got mentioned till the end because all these Hollywood stars were there. And, you know, it was just a, a, it was the place to be, but that's exactly why Bogart did that. You know what I mean? Kiss was kind of an afterthought almost. He was just trying to create a buzz for this new band. Yep. And it's just very telling that, you know, here in a, in a rock magazine where, you know, Kiss ended up, you know, I always love that saying, they said, you know, Kiss sold cream and cream sold Kiss. You know what I mean? They helped one another. But here was one of the very one of the very first mentions of the band and the band musically barely got talked about till the end of the article. I, but but like Michael and, and Tommy, you guys were just saying, that's just it. The party was the story. And that was really the beginning of that early to mid 70s where they would just spend and spend and spend. Well, and well, Tommy, look at this. Look at the solo albums. You know, they spent millions of dollars to be able to say we shipped 4 million albums, we shipped platinum. That was the story. They didn't care that half of them got returned a month later. They got the story. They got the big splash. They spent the money on that and they got the mileage they needed out of it. So yeah, at some point music changed from four guys in a band just wanting to just grew up dreaming of playing a a show in America and a record label pays them to come over here, get on a bus, play a bare bones stage, 10,000 people, your Led Zeppelin or whoever to all of a sudden, yeah, we can make a crap load of money on this. It's a real business now. 
tour promoters, merchandise people, you know, radio promoters. Let's buy the rate. Let's payola. We can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars buying fake radio airplay because in the end it'll sell us a hundred million dollars in vinyl album sales. The industry, the, it became a business and that's where all of a sudden you, you had, you know, accountants involved in the, the music industry. When before it used to just be a bunch of guys who loved music for being what it was music. And they mm-hmm. signed it because they got a goose goosebumps down their arm. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the accountant's like, I don't care if you got goosebumps down your arm. My spreadsheet shows that it's not going to make us money. Dump it. Mm-hmm. True. Getting back to, uh, like I said, Rush. what I wanted to talk about, I, you know, I was uh, just watching some Neil Peart stuff just because I'm a geeky drummer, too. And he started talking about you know, how they tour and what they did. And there's a great, uh, great party talks about how they use backing. Now, this is, this is as soon as the technology started. This would have been not necessarily, I guess, the way it totally started, but they were starting to use it throughout the 90s. And I was thinking to myself, because as Neil was talking about, I think it was the song Spirit of the Radio, they had a synchronizer in it. Um, and he was like, I had to make sure, you know, they, they were playing with a track and he had to make sure that he had to be in time for that. And I'm thinking to myself, all these fucking snobs who diss on Kiss, oh, they're lip syncing, they're playing. This is Rush. Hello, it's Rush. You know, the band that, ever, and don't worry, I'm a mega huge Rush fan. But guys, they did the same thing. And Neil was talking about certain trigger sounds and everything, and I'm like, how many times have I come across an article where people are like, Peter's using triggers or Eric was using triggers? Guys, trigger, you still have to play the drum. The, the trigger just makes it sound bigger when it comes out of the PA or it makes it sound quieter. It makes it sound, as a matter of fact, that was another part. Neil was saying how MIDI, and I don't want to get too geeky with the, but musicians know, at least a lot of people, the MIDI technology, I think that would have been late 80s, early 90s. Matter of fact, I used it on one of our demos. You could play the cowbell with your finger. You know what I mean? It was a mm-hmm. sampler. Well, Neil's talking about playing the cowbell parts with his foot. But, you know, when all this crazy kiss stuff, when people, oh, he's not doing this, he's not. Well, Neil's playing the cowbell with his foot on a trigger pad, okay? And, and he's listening to a click so he can come in on time. It's no different than what Eric Singer does in the Kiss show. And it's no different if Paul has an embellishment on a vocal part. It's the same thing. They're trying, be it Rush or Kiss or anyone else, trying to give us the best bang for our buck. They're trying to give you the best song possible. Yeah, that's what, and don't get me wrong. There's also other artists, God bless them, who are just going to go, we're just going to play stripped down blues, whatever, guitar, bass, and drum. My whole point in that is this. Some people embrace the technology, others don't. To say that, you know, anybody is cheating, no, they're not. They're trying to make it sound as good as they can for you. That's all. Be it Rush or Kiss. And again, guys, this is Neil Pert from Rush talking, you know. That's, 
the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, I can't wait to tell this, you know, to, to some of the fans because we've read this on our site. Obviously, we've all read it on other Kiss things where people bitch and moan about, oh, they're playing to a track or they're playing to a click. Yeah, but guess what? Neil and, and, and Getty and Alex were playing their instruments just like, you know, Eric and Tommy and Paul and Gene are too. They're just doing it to a, 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 a and so they're all in time. It'd be no different. Well, actually, it is. It's a metronome. If you know what a metronome is, yep. I, when I was a kid, I learned how to play drums. So you, so you learn time. Uh, again, I don't understand the, you know, the, There's the craziness. Not, we, we'll never be able to understand it because three of us have lives. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> the people who don't get this and complain, they truly have no life because they're obsessed with discovering and revealing all of this trickery and fakery that's going on. And, you know, I still stand by what I said. I think I first said this when Izzy was on just before the end of the road tour. I don't fucking care. I literally do not care. I want a great sound. And this is like, this is what we talked about over the past couple episodes as well. It's all about the song. I just want a great sounding song that makes me smile, makes me feel happy, makes me feel good when I'm done. So whether it's Ace Fraley or Dick Wagner playing the solo, I don't give a fucking rat's ass. If that song at the end, when it segues into the next one, I go, that sounded great. That sounded great. That's all I care. And the same about a concert. If I walk out of that concert by any band going, that was a fucking great show. Man, it was awesome. It was loud. It sounded amazing. That's what I want. Do, do any of us want to walk out of a concert going, <laughs> boy, that fucking drum was terrible. The guitar players sucked. The vocals were hideous uh, do you well, want that i i love when i when i hear well kiss didn't do that in 74 and have a fucking pot to piss in in 74 on top of the fact that technology didn't even exist i mean it put it this way if that technology existed from day one who's who knows who would have used it or wouldn't have used it I, i'm not saying it's good bad or indifferent i'm just saying you know what it is what it is I bet you lots of people out in, 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 if you're, you know, especially if you're our age, if you've been to enough concerts, a lot of them now, I mean, that's pretty much standard fare now. Um, you'll even see drummers with the little, you know, stuff that uh, for their, their sequencers and stuff, you know, along with the, the stuff that certain songs need, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, well, even the, look, at, look at the newer amps where you can choose 60 different guitar tones. Well, yeah, who's it? Who's um, Alice Cooper's lead guitarist? What's her name? Uh, Nina, 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 Nina Strauss. Strauss, Strauss. She's on a solo tour, mm -hmm. and I saw I a video it. on this, and it was so interesting. She doesn't use any amps, none. It's a guitar straight into a pedal board with a whole bunch of of profiles and, and this is beyond me but basically it's it's a bunch of computer profiles that mimic the sound of an amp and the settings on an amp and all she she's like yeah we're on a tour and we've got to be low budget 
low cost mm-hmm. here. I don't, I just walk in with my pedal board. I've got my amp settings in my pedals and I plug in a guitar and it goes straight to the mixer and done. And it sounds, it sounds amazing. It's like, yeah. so are you saying she can't play guitar because she doesn't have a Marshall stack behind her? I don't give a fuck. If it well, sounds like, great and I can bang my head, it's awesome. All, all the time, we, we always have to say this is the music business. Now, here, here hold, uh, following along here. You can go into McDonald's. As a matter of fact, Tommy, you and I were the one in Florida. You didn't really talk to the person. You pound out all your things on the, you know, I want a Diet Coke. I want this and this. And then it goes to somebody and you get it. In other words, they're, they're cutting back. McDonald's is on, instead of talking to somebody, you're touching a screen to get your food and you're watering. Well, the music business is the same way. I guarantee a, a great part, I, you know, just we'll just throw Kiss uh, in there for, for Move On. I remember when they did that live in 79. I'm sure they had someone in the back playing the little organ part or whatever. The, or just pick any song, even when they did uh, The Oath on, uh, on Fridays or somebody playing the keyboard part. My point is this. Had, had they had this technology, instead of paying somebody to do that, they would have just sync, you know, used the sequencer to play that little 15-second part instead of having to have somebody backstage that needed, you know, a, a place on a tour bus and everything else. Well, a lot I of appreciate- times, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I appreciate it. Like even when we go see local bands and like, let's say they decide they're going to do Ghost Square Hammer, but they don't have a keyboard player. They have that backing track that they can add to the song that just makes it better. I have a buddy of mine who's a, a, a drummer in a wedding band and they use that shit for horns and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it's no different. He plays to a click. They start the song. The horn part comes out in the, you know, over the PA. I'll, I'll, and no one can, no one complains. I wonder, I wonder if these same people complaining about all this stuff are pissed that all of those amps on stage during the Kiss Farewell Tour were not real amps and were not really making noise plugged in. Did you know Probably. that, people? Mm-hmm. Those were not real amps. They were not all plugged in. They were not all mic'd. They don't need to be. You basically mic one amp, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even need to be on stage. I'm sure it was like that with the Van Halen tour, Fair Warning. They had piles of amps going literally up almost to the trusses, and I bet you none of those were hooked up. I remember oh. when I when I was working with Dream Theater, and I went to a show they did in San Jose, and before the show, I was walking around side of stage, and John Pertucci's rig is off stage. Yes. Right next to the, the monitor mix. It's just one amp, one microphone. It's off stage. It doesn't need to be seen. There's no purpose for it to be on stage. They had a very clean looking stage. Right. Just, just, yeah, just is that is that is not is that not real rock and roll because they don't have amps all over the place? From from the who on down, from Led Zeppelin to the Stones on down. Anytime you saw a wall of amplifiers, there's probably two to four speakers hooked up. The rest are there for show. That's from Van Halen on down. That's just the way it is. Um, You know, again, that's, again, it's show business. (laughs) It's, It's business. You know, it's supposed to look mighty and stuff. Obviously, too, you know, a lot of the older bands, there's exceptions to that. 
Um, if you look on the cover of Deep Purple's uh, Made in Japan, you know, Richie's rig is Richie's rig. And, you know, what I mean, just those guys, yeah. that's the way they do. But that's the way they preferred to do it. You know, they were never a band that, you know, like, like it's funny because like Richie Blackmore and, and, and Eddie Van Halen are both, you know, considered guitar gods. But, you know, in the mid 80s, you know, like you said, you know, in the Fair Warning Tour, they had those marshals everywhere and some of them were tipped sideways and blah 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 but that's all fake you know it just needed his two or four speakers that then went through the pa <laughs> it was just that was looks it. cool yeah that's what it was all about yeah so, i mean again no did, did did you leave that concert going man that was a fucking massive stage and it sounded incredible but yeah I, I did it didn't that. matter our listeners are smarter than that they know what we're talking about we're just some of them are. remember well, we do have haters who still listen well i'm talking about yeah. the people that aren't the haters i'd yeah. say 99.9 percent .9 of the folks who tune in and listen are awesome it's uh, you know again and like like mark said it's show business it's about entertainment yeah you go to that so, I, at least i shouldn't say you for me i go to that show to be fucking entertained i don't go to see a virtuoso play i don't go there to find faults why would i go to an event by any band and try and study it from the audience to find faults and issues with it i mean if i had that much of a problem with the band i sure as hell wouldn't spend my money to buy a ticket to go to their show mm -mm. Well, you know, it's funny staying on Rush, if you're, if any of you guys are Rush fans, on their final tour, I mean, they almost mocked all that kind of stuff. If, if you remember, they had the washer and dryer. Washer and dryer on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's the, They could have had a whole thing of Marshall Amps and stuff, but instead the guys just had their rigs, and then they, they were obviously trying to, like, say, hey, we're all, all the way back to the beginning. We're back, you know, and we're learning how to play in our you know, our parents' washroom or whatever with the washing machine in the dryer. I mean, it it's look again, you know, when you see the bands with the mammoth amp things and stuff, again, it's just supposed to project power and hugeness. And you're supposed to go in there and go, Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, it's it's no different than do you, do you, I mean, do you with a card up his sleeve, you know. Do you understand how bad it would actually sound if that entire wall of fake amps were real amps with real yeah, sound coming out of them? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would sound terrible, especially with the PA going at the same time. Mm -hmm. I just thought it would have been cool during that rush show is if Getty would have just stopped in the middle and said, Okay, hold on just a second, and then taken his wash out and put it into the dryer. Because <laughs> he could multitask. Um, all right. So, Mark, you also had something else you wanted to talk about today. Uh, we were talking beforehand. I think it's good for you to tell this, explain this to people. We've we've touched on the subject before, bootlegs and and stuff. And and I had remarked to the guys that I was just shocked at how much of it is coming out as of late. These really elaborate packages. Um, but it's lots of times just the same. It's the same shows stuff. that have been out for a long time. Forever. Yeah. I, I uh, recently um, I saw some people and it's a great boot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, it's good for people to know because there are newer Kiss fans listening here that yeah. maybe you're going to start collecting and don't know what this stuff is. I, I That's basically what I wanted to talk about because I'm seeing that chatter more and more guys. 
you know, the Anaheims and the, and the Ritz and the, the one in particular today that I was telling the guys before we started was, you know, somebody was arguing that, you know, his, his bootleg album of the Ritz was a original, you know, it's an official album because it's got a, a, a name on the back. And I just had to chuckle. I'm like, really? Um, that's not an official Kiss release. But look, it's got a company's name on the back. So? If it doesn't go through proper channels, Universal Music, who I believe releases all of Kiss's music, yep. and it doesn't, and if the band isn't getting paid, or more importantly for them, if Universal isn't getting paid, the people who owns the rights to the music on that, it's a bootleg. Well, let, let, let's also clarify. If, if you do not see Kiss as a band marketing and promoting that release, it's not legit because you know as well as I do, Mark, it's very easy and we've seen it many times. They'll put a Universal Record Company logo on their bootleg. They'll put a Mercury Records logo, a Polygram logo, a Casablanca logo. They'll, they'll put everything that should be there and it's still fake. It's if the band, you know, and, and I understand how does a fan know? And then if everything is supposed to be there, is there? How do they still know? Because if you don't see any press, any marketing, if you do not see Gene Simmons shilling it in the middle of an interview when he's trying to sell his house, it's not real. It's either a bootleg or a counterfeit. And we could, I don't feel like getting into the difference no, between the two. No. Neither of them are legal. Let's put it that way. Neither of them are legal to sell. And eventually somebody gets shut down it gets pulled mm -hmm. yeah, even and, if and you, this... even if you see it on amazon or spotify because amazon spotify apple the people who are at those companies they don't know kiss like we know they don't understand it if somebody submits it and pretends they've got the rights to it it goes up there at some point kiss will send a message to their lawyer their lawyer calls the record label the record label calls the contact at amazon and says that ritz album you've got for sale is a bootleg please take it down oh we apologize gone mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong if you guys want to buy them as a collector it's just it's it i think it's important that everyone knows what they are so you you're aware because the thing that shocks me is I, they've seen some different uh, box sets that are they're selling for like three and four hundred dollars, and I just I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised by that because I and again it's your money you spend it how you want but you know if if people are complaining sometimes about a book for thirty dollars that's filled with all kinds of cool information. We that they're going to spend $400 on essentially three pieces of vinyl that more than likely the show has been around forever and it's not very good just to get some glossy photos and some text. That seems extreme to me. Well, I tell you what, these guys who are put some of them, not all, there is a group of people, um, I believe, I know they're from Europe, it goes out of Europe. Um, they're putting out stuff that would stop you in your tracks. That is, oh, yeah. Until you put the vinyl, put a ne the needle on the vinyl, it sounds like. And you go, boy, that sounds just like the YouTube video. That's yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's exactly that's exactly. I think Tommy's point. My point is that you know, buyer beware. 
again, I, here's what I would say to a young fan. And again, these people that I'm reading, I guarantee they're young fans. That yeah. kid who was holding that Ritz record on that kiss thing I, I, I saw on online, it, that's a great show. Yeah. And, and to argue that it's Eric Carr's official live album debut from kiss and it's official because it has a it has a name on it whatever the company name yeah g- guess what godfather records has been around for a long time yep i'm just gonna mention just, them i'm yeah. gonna mention yeah. godfather and, and, and swinging pig. pig yeah i mean those were those are classic iconic bootleg labels from back in the day but what's the key word there bootleg mm-hmm. kiss didn't make a dime off of that and again, you know, I've shown them before. I don't know if I have it handy. You know, and, 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 the, and the show might even be a board quality recording, yes. pristine quality recording, because guess what? Maybe it was FM yeah. broadcast and somebody got hold of a good clean. doesn't matter how clean it sounds. It's not it's not real. And and some of these bootleg companies will try and make you believe this is very rare. It's very limited. It's a, it's a rare print. You know, let's be honest. They're, they're criminals to begin with. So why would you believe somebody who says this is, we're only printing 300 copies of this. So it's very rare. Really? Why, why, why should I believe that? Cause you just stole the recording anyway, and you're not paying the people who own the recording. And here's here's what's fun. Here's what's starting to happen. This is outside Kiss, and I can honestly see this someday happening with Kiss. This just happens to be sweet, but they're taking these old bootleg tapes, and the band is now putting them yeah. out because they finally realized there's money there. And I tell you what, we own the master tapes. Why don't we hook up with somebody and put out? you know, something great. We're both the band and the record label. And it's affordable. Yeah. And it's affordable yeah. and, and it's, and it's done creatively. These, these sweet releases are just phenomenal. Well, and I'm um, not trying to dog on people that are spending the money on these box sets. I just want to go look for some. Sure, I just want to make sure that if, if there's anyone out there that isn't aware that it's not an official product, don't be disappointed if the sound quality isn't like a live or a live two or a live three or other produced recordings that have been, you know, released. You just know what you're buying when you're going in, I guess. Is yeah, what I'm you, uh, yeah, you can't be, you can't be pissed, shocked and surprised when you open it up and it sounds like a terrible audience recording or the inserts that they put in there to, pump the price up to $300 look like photocopies, color photocopies from Kinko's or or the photos are a little blurry or whatever. Yeah. Or you find out that the audio is actually something that was on, you know, one of the kiss box sets, the DVDs like, Oh, wait a minute. This is Tokyo 77. I grabbed something that is the quintessential perfect example. Oh, good. Well, there you go is the kiss it's the show i say is the greatest show of all matter of fact the uh anniversary of it is tomorrow oh okay uh, this is the detroit show from february 23rd 1983 this was the greatest concert i've ever been to in my life mm-hmm. i'll just do a it's quick just, unboxing it's been well stated here before yes. yeah yes um this booklet is to die for 
I mean, this booklet. Holy mother of God, is this fucking cool. I mean, obviously, I can't go through the whole thing, but the pictures and the information and uh, I mean, just knock your socks off, dynamo. So this is the booklet, and then it came with uh, this whole host of photos and pictures. Anyways, I'm not going to dig through. This is this is the guy. This is this is the shit. I can't wait to show you because look at look at these vinyls, colored vinyl, picture disc, picture disc vinyl. Guys, look at just I mean adjust. The attention to detail, just amazing. All right, guess what? You wouldn't want to put it on for five fucking seconds. It sounds like a fucking floppy disk. It's fucking horrible. Now you're wondering, Mark, why? Well, you preach against this stuff. Look, it came with two kick-ass posters I absolutely fucking had to have and the booklet. These things I will never play. I don't give a fuck. They're terrible. But you know what? They sucked me in for this one just because I wanted the poster. And it will tell you. If you get this, this thing alone, this booklet alone to me, because I, I got to admit, I, I only paid a couple hundred bucks for it. They go for way more than that. But I happened to. Well, let me ask it. you this. What, what was the poster in it that sucked you in? There's two huge, big, really big live and because it's creatures that i'm just a sucker for creatures of the night mm -hmm. um and it was the detroit show you know that was another reason it was my favorite you were show there you were yeah there. I, I was there i i, I, I mean, would do the same thing mark did if the minneapolis creatures of the night show showed up as a bootleg box set correct correct yeah and again the, the, whoever did this knows what the fuck they're doing because right. I mean, it's got each date. I'm pretty sure, yeah, each date of the tour. Um, it's the way it should be, you know. It's got each date of the tour, news clips. Um, and what I, what I don't understand, and I know they're under contract with Universal, but here's a perfect marketing thing for them to be doing if they had a good creature show to do something like this or look, look, look it up at, or yeah, whatever. At, I mean, again, just. Yeah, Look but but keep quality. keep keep in mind here, Tommy, as Mark is showing this, if if Kiss slash Universal were to do this, every one of those photos has to be cleared, yeah, and rights paid for. Yes. The yeah, audio yeah. recording, maybe Kiss owns it, maybe I don't know, maybe and everything that goes into a Kiss box set has to be, and I'm talking every little scan, every little image. Mm -hmm. Wherever it's obtained from, they have to clear it and get the rights to do that. Otherwise, somebody's going to go, hey, that photo that's only the size of a postage yeah. stamp is my photo, and therefore I'm suing you. And they got no grounds to stand on because that's right. that guy's photo. Well, so and I know it makes I, it it makes it tough to do officially. It makes it right. very easy to do when you don't I'm care gonna, about I'm gonna, rights. I'm going to dig. Right. I'm going to try and because I, I, I know where the poster is. I, I'm okay. Dig it out. I'm it's just curious. <laughs> and, and I know people that are listening, you know, probably today have all those box sets. I'm not saying you shouldn't have them or you shouldn't collect them. This, this was just simply brought up because Mark was saying he was talking. Just know what, in, just know what you're getting. Know just what you're getting. Understand, understand yeah. what you're getting. I mean, 
you know, someone might say, oh, but, you know, Kiss has all these photos. Well, I and I've told this story before. I remember in the 80s when I went to Kiss's management office in New York City and uh, I had a friend who was working with him at the time. The band wasn't there, but he showed me around their offices. It was like walking in, you know, hallowed ground for me. And I remember this giant light table and it was stacked six, eight inches deep of just slides and photos and everything else. And he's like, yeah, you know, these are all the photos we've accumulated over the years. We're organizing them. And I'm like, well, are you going to release them? Oh, no, we, we have copies of them, but we don't have the rights to them. So right, let, me know, the let me know if you can see these. All right. You ready? OK. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow, that's cool. I mean, I, I, as soon shit. as I saw this poster, I'm like, I fucking I'm like, I don't care how much this box is. A friend of mine was going to tip me off. He's like the poster. And then there's another one. Yeah. And maybe this is the only way this stuff is going to exist. I'm pretty sure this, this picture was from Detroit. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Great posters. But, but that was the whole thing. Like I said, you know, I don't normally collect stuff like that, especially knowing that that audio is on YouTube and it's shitty and I know it's shitty and anybody who collects bootlegs knows that it's shitty, but the posters in the book are badass and I wanted to get it. And I did, and it cost me a couple hundred bucks, but you know, I was happy with my purchase. Right. Um, The same group of folks who are doing this, they've got them for all different eras of the band. Yeah. I don't collect them because it's just not as, I'm not as passionate about, you know, some of the other things. I'm not a big bootleg guy. Well, I used to be a huge bootleg guy and I still have, you know, tons of bootlegs and I still collect bootleg tapes and CDs and video. And I have a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't have. And I don't mean to brag or boast. It's just true. I know. Um, I've listened to some of it. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, I dig that sort of thing. Um, but the, you know, when they do something like this, like this Detroit box, you know, I went, I, and I bought it and I was very happy because again, um, I'm a huge poster collector and, uh, without, you know, bragging or whatever. And I've had more than a few people tell me it's one of the bigger kiss poster collections that are around. I mean, it really, I, I'm not going to bullshit myself. I know it is. It's been a lifelong, you know, obsession of mine. And, you know, there's a handful of us really that are pretty nuts about these sorts of things. And we're all friends. And, you know, when one of us gets something that the other one doesn't have, we're happy for them. I mean, I've certainly never been one of those people like, Oh, what a dick. He's, you know, I don't care. You know, those guys are trying to make themselves happy, just like I am, you know, collecting posters and stuff. It's just fun. It's a great hobby. You know, I love it. Um, but anyways, yeah, you know, I saw those images and I'm like, man, I got to get those. And that, that was what happened. I saw one of the images and I started typing to some of my friends and it was, I was hard. I had a hard time finding out. And I, here's the reason why. I mean, this is even going down the rabbit hole a little bit more. I believe there's two versions of this box. One came with like a faked autograph black and white promo picture which mine doesn't have but it came with the extra picture or excuse me it came with the extra poster and uh that's what tipped me up because if this thing didn't have the posters i wouldn't have bought it 
Right. And I only found out about the booklet when I started inquiring about the posters because my buddy overseas is like, oh my God, you know, I see, I've seen one. He didn't have one at the time. And he's like, but there's supposed to be this really great booklet that goes with it. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he's like, oh, it's got great text and newspaper articles. All the shit that I, I mean, that's the stuff that I love the most. Um, again, you know, uh, off on just a little side tangent, um, Alan's releasing another book. I saw that. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I, uh, I submitted a few things for it. I, but it's funny, too, because I don't even know what the book's about. All I know is uh, I got asked to, they wanted some Kiss Alive stuff that I had and they wanted a destroyer thing that I had. So I just, you know, scanned it and sent it out to them. And, and again, it's, that's goes back to, you know, just having great friends and friends, you know, Alan's a wonderful guy and Pierre, my, my buddy over there and, you know, over in Europe and, you know, we're just a goofy, happy bunch of guys that, you know, like just sharing goofy kiss stuff and, you know, I'll, I'll share this. This is for this is uh, for something that I'm not sure if Kiss is going to. Well, everything that Alan puts out is always quality. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first Kiss press kit, and if you look, matter of fact, the Eddie post Solon. Again, yeah, um, July twenty second, nineteen seventy four. Um, I just had to scan this for another Kiss thing that may or may not be happening, but. Um, for those with the sharp eye, um, this is the, you know, again, whose handwriting is that? Jeans. That's jeans. Just to, to Eddie. Um, look at the, the record label info. He's Warner, Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yes. So, like I said, uh, you know, no, I'm not opening it. I just had it open. I'm not opening it. Oh, we don't even ask anymore. <laughs> it's a waste but, of oxygen I, but, to ask. But that's kind of where I'm getting at, though, you know, um, it's just fun to be involved in these things. And uh, again, from the bootleg stuff to the official stuff, you know, it's just exciting to be a fan. This band never fucking gets boring to me. Um, well, that's, you know, the cool thing is there's so much stuff you can get excited about. If you're excited about posters, there's posters. If you are excited about bootlegs and i know there's a couple guys i'm friends with on facebook who you know seem to have every single bootleg that's what they want good yeah. god, god bless, bless you. you go for it it's just you know again as tommy has said and what we're trying to say here is if you're new to this and you'll learn a lot but understand these are not official they're not sanctioned they may disappear overnight the quality may be considerably subpar. The quality might be the exact same recording you've been listening to on YouTube or on a cassette tape or on an MP3 file for, you know, the last 10 years. Um, it's not, don't assume just because somebody puts it on vinyl, all of a sudden that same show sounds better. Hey, I also right. want to show you this. I uh, just, again, I was going through some boxes to look for through some of my early stuff. And I found this is from, uh, this picture was taken February 22nd, 1978. This is my bedroom back in the. Wow. <laughs> and it's funny because I got some color ones too. Um, you know, just, kind of <laughs> it's funny too. You know, that was the, the corner of my room. And again, this is from 1978. Hasn't changed. Hasn't yeah, changed. Yeah, still, probably still looks the same. 
So, but, but I guess that's my point. You know, 1978, you know, I had a bedroom just covered. Well, actually started in probably late 70. Well, as soon as Saturday, back to be 76. That's right when all the posters and everything were. I was looking at this one picture here. Let's see if some keen-eyed folks can, can check this. I just picture I just showed. If you look really carefully, there's pictures out of like grooves and, you know, um, mm -hmm. those are all from 78. Those pictures of Gene are from the very first um, Kiss special. And, and it was just, you know, again, I was just going back. I'm like, you know, before we were, before we, we went on, uh, Michael and I were talking, um, you know, just about, you know, when we were younger and stuff. And I was just thinking, you know, from, from hockey to music to collecting Kiss, I mean, it's really what keeps, keeps me wide-eyed and wonderful you know, about things that I love, you know what I mean? You don't have to, you know, give up your, the things that you love and kiss is certainly something that they you know. Well, you know, and I think this, that, that, that circles all the way back to the discussion about backing tracks and lip syncing and whatever. If, if, if it's something that makes you upset, go find something that makes you happy. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, maybe kiss made you happy 30 years ago but they don't make you happy now then find something that makes you happy don't continue to make yourself miserable because of something they're doing it's totally in your control to just say you know what i don't th this doesn't do it for me anymore go find something that makes you happy i mean i just never have understand and this isn't just kiss related this is all fans of anything whether it's sports or movies or authors or whatever if it makes you pissed off why would you want to subject yourself to that really why would you go spend hours a day in some stupid hidden facebook group being miserable and angry because that's what you are <laughs> go find something that makes you happy that's it i mean seriously life is Life is way too fucking short, way too short to spend even one day doing something deliberately to make you your make yourself mad and angry. And I know people will go, I'm not mad and angry about lip syncing and back. Sure you are. It it's it may not feel that to you, but trust me, you are obsessed with something that is filling you with stress and rage and anger. You might be angry at me because I don't give a crap about it. You're angry. I, I don't care. Life. You could be as angry as you want at me. Trust me. Doesn't bother me one bit. People go, how do you sleep at night? I sleep fine. I'm naked and happy. <laughs> Touche. And with that, and with that, let's call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> let's leave with that mental image. No, it's not. But a uh, naked tool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I did uh, some show and tell today, so you guys should be a little bit happy about that. Yeah. 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 It's always nice when you make an effort. You know, I, I will. <laughs> Mr. We, reading notes or whatever. Uh, you know, we were going to read comments, but it's already been an hour and a yeah, half. It's too so late we don't want to do that. Yeah. But I do want to say thank you so much 
to almost 99.9% of you who responded with such amazing heartfelt comments about our, our yeah. big John Hart tribute mm -hmm. from last week. Yeah. And if you can help. As, as always, there's do. one, there's one, one or two idiots and we won't point them oh, out. Did we have a couple? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. That's why God made the band hammer. Exactly. It's Done. like, okay. And, yeah, and, 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 and for those of you old enough to remember um, the current affair TV show, that's what it sounds like when Michael uses the band hammer. But I, again, I just want to go back to thank you so much for, for all of your love and support for, for big John Hart. I mean, yeah, we a good did that man. episode because we wanted to, you know, yeah. John deserved it. Um, Rick Stewart was amazing coming in and sharing his stories. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Robert, Steve, Steve as Steve. well. Um, you know, so many great comments on YouTube and Facebook and all the social medias. You know, it, it meant a lot. I mean, that wasn't done for any other reason than Big John Hart deserves that tribute. And that's why Michael was in his wisdom. Uh, got that out there sooner than later so that's why yeah. you saw it yeah. yeah you got it you got you got a few extra days out of that that episode yeah. than we normally would because everybody wanted that was on the show wanted it out there asap well, let's um, go i gotta put some ice on my fucking finger before i uh, yeah mark's got a boo boo i do look i tried sla black. stopping a slap shot <laughs> that 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 trust me that's mark's excuse he tried to stop no, a slap shot uh -huh. That's exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah. Fell out of the hot tub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish um, I can't even get into it with this. Uh, all right. So homework for this week. I, you know what? Let's do something about bootlegs. Do you have a bootleg that you own that um, maybe you love it like Mark because the packaging was incredible, but the audio mm -hmm. is just who gives a crap? And then do you have a bootleg that the audio is actually amazing. And yeah. and I, I, I will add for that one, and it still stands for me to this day, they only come out at night from the Animalize tour. That bootleg yeah. I bought back, Tommy, I bought it at one of the Hillside Holiday Inn mm -hmm. record conventions. Yeah. Um, great quality. I mean, it's not soundboard, but it's really good quality. It was a beautiful packaging at the time for the late 80s. Yeah, um, do you thought, have a bootleg yeah. that sounds great and looks great? Yeah. yeah. We right. don't need to know where you got them because we're not about promoting yeah, we you don't, going yeah, out and yeah, go Don't, buy it don't provide person. links or anything. We just want to hear about your experience. And like, if you're someone that bought the box set, Mark just explained why he bought the Creatures box set. So if you bought the Dynasty one or any of the other, whatever exists, tell us about it. Yeah. Tell us why. Yeah, tell Plus us what, what 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 hooked you on it. Mm -hmm. Um so especially yeah, especially since they're close to fucking 300 bucks a pot. It's a lot. Well, they're going for more than that. That was I didn't know they were 300. I thought they were like 450 500 in I paid I paid 200 and some for this one. Um again, I I just wanted the posters. Especially and, when uh, you see how much the Kiss Destroyer box set cost and what you got in it. It's it makes you really question the astronomically high prices for some of these bootlegs. Right. So that it's a sound treat like when Kiss shit. can put out, and it's a treat when Kiss can put out some stuff like that, like the Destroyer box set. And just so everyone knows, I just submitted all my stuff the other day. 
Oh, my, the next, one? All next my scans have been sent over. Yeah. So again, Good. I think, I think the target for the next one is still, you know, October, November. I, again, I have no, I have nothing to do with that yeah. part. Um, but you know, all the stuff that I, I just sent, sent in. So it was, quite I, a I, 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 I heard it's a crazy nights box set that you were so yeah. excited to be part of, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I will tell you right here is my box of 1980s clippings. And I have a lot of crazy night stuff just because I didn't like the record. Didn't mean my collector bug didn't, I, I still collect, I collect the crazy night stuff just as much as I do the kiss alive stuff. It still kiss. I'll buy I a crazy night's box set if they ever do one. I don't think they ever will, but Mike, it's I'd the next it. one. It's the next and one. Wink, wink. Anyway. <laughs> I, I think the next, I seriously heard the next one's a Peter Chris solo album. There you go. That yeah. one it, with that, it, uh, with the crazy. Oh, takes for all for one. one. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, the right, alternate version of send in the clowns yeah, metal <laughs> um all right you know where to go to leave your answer for homework hit us up on all of our social medias and and youtube as well and if you're watching or listening on youtube please subscribe please follow us and give us a rating now on spotify you can leave yeah. ratings Thank and of course, iTunes, you can subscribe and leave us a review as well. We appreciate all of that. And um, thank you. And thank you guys for leaving me reviews it. as well. All of you. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. I really appreciate it. So we'll see everybody next week. Voices for three sides of the coin provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.